This episode of Million Bazillion was recorded in front of a live studio audience. Not really. Welcome back to Million Bazillion, where we help dollars make more sense. I'm Jed. And I'm Bridget. Thanks for joining us for this very special live episode of our show. See, you guys sent us so many questions about why money looks the way it does. Like, why is it green? Or how do we choose who and what goes on it? All very important questions, and we couldn't decide which one we should answer. So we discussed it. We negotiated with each other. (laughs) Season one callback. And we decided the best compromise was to answer all of the questions you have about money and why it looks the way it does. Or, you know, at least as many as we could fit into the show. That's right. And then we thought, if we're going to answer a whole bunch of questions, why not do it in front of a live studio audience? Let me hear you guys make some noise. We'll be back right after this with your questions about why money looks the way it does. And we'll have a really smart guest who's going to help us with the answer. Stay tuned. And now it's time for asking random kids not-so-random questions. Today's question is, if you could design your own currency, what would it look like? The color would be blue, and it would be fancy, electric green, and electric pink, and electric every color. I would have it be a picture of me. I put my beautiful face. I think diamonds would be a good pay of money. I would make my currency out of gems. That was Ariana and Sydney in Washington, D.C., Henry in Oakland, Maine, Roman in Michigan, and Layson in Virginia. This has been Asking Random Kids Not-So-Random Questions. Welcome back to this special episode of Million Bazillion. Today, we're filming in front of a live studio audience, and we're diving deep into your questions about why money looks the way it does. That's right. Look under your seat, everyone. We gave you all a dollar. has gum under it. Now, look at that dollar really carefully. Do you see how detailed it is? Oh, I do. I've got an American $1 bill here. It's green. I see the picture of George Washington on the front. The back has that uh, fun, weird pyramid thing. Oh, and there's a cool eagle, lots of plants. Are those spider webs? I gotta say, the images are all so clear and intricate. So much detail. And yet... It is so tiny. And did you know that every country has different art on their banknotes? That's another word for bills. A lot of countries use different bright and beautiful colors for their money. They make the bills different sizes. It's art that just happens to fit into your wallet. Okay, let's get to answering your questions. Today's guest is a very special one. Her name is Ellen Feingold, and she is the money curator at the Smithsonian Museum. That means she's in charge of all the money the museum has in its collection. And that's a whole lot. They've got money from around the world, back in time. The money's all shapes and sizes. And she gets to decide which money is on display when people visit. It's pretty cool. Let's give Ellen a warm million bazillion welcome. 
Ellen, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start with a question from the audience. Uh, come on down. Ask your question into the microphone. Hi, I am Bihan from Los Angeles. I am seven years old, and my question is, why is money green and has important people on it? What a great question from Vihan. Can we get a round of applause for him? Get that kid a free t-shirt. All right, so Ellen, let's get your answer to the first part of his question. Why is American money green? That is a great question. American banknotes were first made in the early 1860s. And at the time, we only had black and white photography. So the people that were designing the banknotes decided that it would be a good idea to choose a bright color that couldn't be reproduced by using a photograph or taking a photograph of another banknote um, as part of the design. So the very first banknotes, uh, federal banknotes made in the early 1860s had a bright green color and they got the name greenbacks. And that became um, the, the sort of popular way of referring to American money. And it stuck. It also uh, is green is also seen as a sign of trustworthiness. And green ink was seen as very robust in the 1920s when our current bills that we have were being um, first designed. So there's a lot of reasons. Uh, but the biggest reason is because it has become an American tradition. Huh. All right, then why do we put important people on our bills and, and coins? The first people to appear on money were ancient Persian noblemen and Roman emperors, and they put themselves on money to say, I'm in charge. Many leaders have chosen to do the same thing since. And in this country, um, although leaders cannot put themselves on banknotes the way Roman emperors could, our treasury department has chosen to put important people that they see as our national leaders, our founding father figures on money for over 200 years. Um, we have seen people like George Washington um, and Benjamin Franklin appear on our banknotes. And it's, a, it's, again, seen as an American tradition to include the faces of American leaders on our money. OK, well, then we got a letter from Kaya who wants to know, why is there no woman on the dollar bill? <laughs> That's a really good question, and it's a question that a lot of people have been asking in recent years. The banknotes that we use today were first designed in the 1920s, and the people who were doing those designs, they didn't think about the role that women played in national history. They had a really fixed idea about a handful of male political figures, people that were seen as founding father figures, and wanted to use money as an opportunity to honor them. And while those figures, uh, people like George Washington, certainly are an important part of our national history, our money does not reflect the way in which women have contributed to the building of our nation. So it's, I think, high time that we take a careful look at who we depict and how we depict them on our money and think about the ways in which um, a broader community has contributed to the building of our nation beyond those founding father figures and how we can honor them and how we can convey their achievements and their contributions through design on banknotes and coins. And I'll add, the people who design our coins recently started putting women on the backs of our quarters. And there's been talk of putting Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. All right, let's finish up with one last question from our audience. Hi, I'm Mila from Ottawa, Ontario in Canada. I wanted to ask, why is Canadian money colorful and U.S. money not? 
Yeah, Canadian bills are a rainbow of different colors, like from yellow to purple to blue. It's so fun. What's up with that? Canadian money is made from plastic. They're called polymer banknotes. And that's different from American money, which is made from paper, cotton, and linen mixture. The plastic that the Canadians and many other governments around the world use allow for a whole wide range of colors, bright colors, and also other interesting security features like clear lenses. So Canadians have a material that allows them, or they use a material, that allows them to include bright colors and more vibrant designs than paper allows for. I love those clear lenses. They're like little windows. Audience members, take a look in your wallets. We put a Canadian dollar in there so you can see for yourselves. How do you do that? All right, Ellen, thank you so much for answering our questions. Thank you very much for having me. All right, we've got a little bonus if you go to our website. We had the chance to talk to a real-life money designer. He works for a company that's designed a third of the world's currency. You can hear what he had to say about his super cool job at marketplace.org million. Just look for the page for this episode. And you know what? While you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter to get new episodes of Million Bazillion delivered straight to your inbox? You'll be happy you did. All right, now for a money commercial break. Hey, kids, are you bored, stuck at home? Wish you could get out there and experience America? Yeah! How would you like to see 26 states for just $5? Whoa, that's so cheap. All you've got to do is get out a $5 bill and look at the Lincoln Memorial on the back. Okay. Look closely and you can see the names of 26 states written across the top of the building. Let me get my magnifying glass. Whoa, you're right. There you go. Well, that was cool. When does the vacation start? What are you talking about? Here's my $5. When do I start visiting the 26 states? You don't actually go. This is more a vacation of your mind. What a ripoff. I want my vacation. Hey, I just showed you something awesome. All right, listeners, that was clearly fake. Uh, we're going to take a short break for real this time. Uh, when we come back, we're going to learn about another important part of money design. That's the secrets that are buried in a dollar to keep it safe from thieves. Welcome back, everyone. Bridget, wasn't that a fantastic segment? It sure was, Jed. Ellen Feingold is a delight, and I really loved learning the backstory of why our bills look the way they do. Absolutely. Well, now we're going to talk about some other important parts of a dollar bill's design. And these are things that are meant to stop counterfeiting, which is when people make fake money and try to pass it off as real cash. It's highly illegal. And in fact, you know the Secret Service, those people that protect the President of the United States? Well, they were actually created way back in 1865 in order to investigate and stop counterfeiters. See, back then, about a third of all money that was circulating in the country was fake. 
Well, fortunately, that's no longer the case. I mean, people do try to counterfeit money, but it's not as widespread as it was back in 1865. And a big reason for that is because it's really hard to make a good, convincing, fake version of American money. There are all sorts of really complicated things on our dollar bills that make them hard to copy. To learn more about it, we've got a special guest He's the star of a new movie about criminals trying to get past the security measures that are built into money. Please give a warm welcome to Serge Looney. Uh, Serge? Oh, uh, I'm hearing now. Um, it, it seems Serge's limousine is stuck in traffic and he's running late. Well, let's play an extra long clip from the film, and maybe that'll give him time to arrive. All right, let's see. In this movie, he plays the role of criminal mastermind Nathaniel Pond, who you'll hear right at the top talking with his daughter, Greta. Can we roll the clip? Wait a minute. If I figured out a way to make a fake $100 bill, I'd be rich. Hang on. That's called counterfeiting. But I'll need some help. Who are you calling? Yeah? Put the old gang back together. I got us a job. Greta, meet the team. Wow, this is a lot of people. All right, thanks for gathering on such short notice, everybody. It's been a long time. I know we all thought we were finished with this life, but when opportunity comes around, you gotta jump. What's the score, Nate? Well, Mabel, We're going to make a copy of this $100 bill. Funny money, huh? I'm in. When do we start drawing? Hang on, hang on. It's harder than you think. Otherwise, everybody do it. Oh, it's much, much, much harder than you think, Dad. First of all, U.S. banknotes are printed on special paper. It's a blend of cotton and linen that not just anyone can get. Smitty, you can get anything. Can you get us some of that paper? Nope. All right, we'll figure something out. And then there's the stuff hidden within a banknote. Did you know that there's teeny tiny printing hidden within places like Ben Franklin's collar? There is? Hand me that magnifying glass. Holy cow, there is. I see it. It says the United States of America. All right. All right, gang. Who can write really, really small? Big Tony. Yo. You're on it. Oh. But it's not just writing small. There are also hidden pictures of Ben Franklin's face that you can only see by holding it up to the light. It's like a ghost. And look at the number 100 in the lower right. It's written in ink that changes color depending on the angle you hold the bill. Hmm. Anyone got any ideas? I've got some magic markers. Maybe they'll work if it's magic. Excellent thinking, Billy the actual kid. It definitely won't work. Plus, check this out. Kill the lights! When you look at a $100 bill under ultraviolet light, you see a hidden strip that glows pink. No way! Every denomination of bill from $5 on up has one of these. And each glows a different color. She's right. Oh, wow! The $5 bill has a blue glowy strip. The 10 is orange, 20 is green, 50 is yellow. It's yellow. Calm down, fancy Franny. We're focusing on the big money. Thank you for the report, Greta. Is there anything else? Actually, yeah, but we don't know what it is. 
The Treasury Department has included some secret anti-counterfeiting techniques that no one knows about. Even if you figure out everything else, the special paper, inks, hidden images, yada yada, you'll still be in the dark about how to make the perfect fake. This is hard. Why do they make it so hard? Because it's really important for people to be able to trust the money they use is real. Otherwise, it would be a lot harder to buy and sell things. And if there's a lot of fake money circulating or moving around the economy, that'll make real money less valuable. That's why the Secret Service is in charge of investigating cases of counterfeit cash. But if we can pull this off, that's a big payday for us. We're not going to give up just because it's hard or morally the wrong thing to do, are we, team? No. No way. Well, there's also prison. I can't go back to prison. Forgery bot, you were never in prison. You got detention for faking a parent's signature. But I take your point. All right, gang, this one may not be worth the trouble. Too bad. We could have had a hundred dollars. Wait, but there are 38 of you. That would have just come out to $2.63 a piece. Wow, that would have been our biggest payout yet. Well, try not to dwell on it for too long. Oh my gosh, we're under attack by aliens! Wow, that's sure going to be an amazingly exciting movie when it comes out. Yes, and I've got some more good news for you. Serge Looney is here! He got out of his limousine and sprinted the last mile just to get here. What a pro! Serge, what was your favorite money-related thing that you learned while making this movie? Hmm. Looks like that run really did him in. Uh, And now it's time for a commercial break. Everyone, give it up for Serge Looney. You've asked for it, and we answered. The mega blockbuster video game franchise of the millennium is back. Virtual Branch Manager 4. Ooh, what's new this time? We're glad you asked. In VBM3, we took you into virtual reality to get the feel of building and running your own bank. These pleather armchairs look so real. Now, in VBM4, you're banking for the government. You'll lead a branch of the Federal Reserve, which is the central bank of the United States. Here are just some of the things you'll be responsible for. Taking old, worn-out bills and destroying them, then ordering new ones to be made. Neat! Taking deposits from and making loans to regular banks. Whoa, it's like a bank for banks. Ensuring the financial stability of the nation. That sounds important. It's fun for the whole family. Mom, you're hogging the game. When's it going to be our turn? Not now. I'm raising interest rates. Woohoo! Don't miss out. Order Virtual Branch Manager for today. Okay, everyone, this has been so much fun. Let's hear it for you, our live studio audience. Yeah, you guys rock. You're the best. <laughs> you guys are beautiful. You guys are the greatest. Before we go, we wanted to leave you with a few final thoughts. Money is more than just a way to buy things. A lot of care and thought goes into designing every bill to make sure it's secure and to make it beautiful. 
Each bill is a work of art. Art that's also meant to represent the country in which it's used. And it's worth thinking about whether the money art we carry around with us is doing the best job of representing us and the things we're proud of. Either way, the next time you come across a dollar bill, take a close look at it. And I mean a really close look. You might notice something you've never seen before. I mean, just seeing a dollar bill in your hand is practically new territory, am I right? (laughs) Hi-oh, you got me. All right. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Million Bazillion, where we help dollars make more sense. In our next episode, we're answering a question about the stock market. Ooh, that'll be a good one. If you have a money problem you want to share, or a money skill you want to learn, or a question you want answered, email us at marketplace.org million. Did you know you can get new episodes of Million Bazillion delivered right to your email inbox when you sign up for our brand new newsletter at marketplace.org bonus? You'll get extras like a tip sheet and a comic about that day's episode and details about how to order a Million Bazillion t-shirt. That's marketplace.org slash bonus. We had a lot of help making and voicing this episode. We owe a big thank you to Kimberly Adams, Sabri Benishur, Chris Julin, Melody Perkins, Nova Sappho, Daniel Shin, and Liana Squalacci, Juan Carlos Torado, Catherine Winter, Charlie, Elliot, Eloise, and Zoe, and Violet. Million Bazillion is brought to you by Marketplace in collaboration with Brains On and American Public Media. I'm Jed Kim, your co-host. And I'm your other co-host, Bridget Bodner. I'm also the senior producer of this podcast. Marissa Cabrera is our producer. Sandin Cotton is our editor. Chris Julin is our sound designer. Our theme music was created by Wonderly. This episode was mixed by Becca Weinman. Our digital team includes Erica Phillips and Tony Wagner. Zatara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand at Marketplace. And special thanks to the people who provided the startup funding for Million Bazillion and who continue to help keep us going. The Renzetta Family Charitable Fund and NextGen Personal Finance supporting Marketplace's work to make younger audiences smarter about the economy. And to all the grown-ups listening right now, we hope that you and the kids in your life are having some good conversations about money thanks to Million Bazillion. We created this podcast to help kids get an early start on learning about the economy. And to keep it going... We're counting on your support. Donate today at marketplace.org slash give million. And thanks for chipping in to make our work possible.